When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Josh Ennis Show. Well, howdy, everybody, and uh, welcome in to the Josh Ennis Show after a a miserable weekend for me, just terrible. Made only slightly better by the fact that this morning, uh, Battle brought up some sort of uh, tequila from, um, from, what is that, Cancun, you said? Cancun, Mexico. It's really, like, it tasted so good, it didn't taste like tequila. It was almost sweet and tasted like coconutty and it was delicious um but uh it's not that strong but maybe it sneaks up on you maybe it doesn't i don't know but it uh it was very very good yes it is and uh i would like more of it you want now <laughs> no, pour no. you a cup <laughs> fill her up well, i say fill <laughs> her up I, it was a long weekend give me one more shot of that let me oh what there you go oh yeah that is it smells so good. It is. That's the thing. Like, it smells more. Here's what this smells like to me, okay? It smells like Sammy's Beach Bar Rum to mm-hmm. me. Like, and I'm, as a big fan of Sammy's Beach Bar Rum, that's what this tastes like. It does not taste like tequila to me. But and when me I was see. doing the sampling, I was like, are you sure that's tequila? Like, it's you, unbelievable how easy this goes like, down. No. Uh, it almost tastes like, taste. like a Coke. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable how good this tastes. Smooth and even like when you burp it up, like it doesn't have that tequila burp to it. Like you just taste it's that so good, coconutty vanilla. Yeah, it is truly like the best alcohol I have ever consumed, and it's probably because it's barely alcohol. <laughs> yeah, it it's is, only eighteen percent, eighteen percent, thirty six proof. <laughs> like so, just to put that into comparison, like the other things I normally shoot, like um, uh, let's see if I well, were to look shoot up there on one of those bottles. Okay, what is let's this? see what is Santo. Well, Santo's only 40%. So just a well, little no, hold bit. Hold on, that's 40%, which would mean it's what, 80 proof? Oh, it's 80 proof. So that's 36 proof. That's 80 proof. <laughs> I mean, that's like that's like drinking soda pop. It pretty much is. But it's really good. I like it. I'll have it. to bring the other one tomorrow because that one, the other one's pretty brutal. So Well, we'll do that tomorrow then. Yeah. All right. Well, nice talking to you, Battle. I have to uh, communicate with my listeners now on my podcast. Thank you. Uh, people have been leaving messages on the talkback. I made the mistake of posting the link for that, and a lot of people have left messages. I have not heard any of them. You will hear them as I hear them, but my guess is, if I had to guess, these are um, going to be really unpleasant, and I would guess that most of them are coming from Philly people, if I had to guess. Uh, I know I did the drunk pod last night. I have no idea how that sounded. I was really bombed last night had uh like before like I could blink an eye I'd already had like five or six of these Luke Bryan beers. So uh I have no idea what we talked about last night. But somehow I got it uploaded though. I rule. I function very well drunk for whatever reason. But it was not a good weekend for me with the Cardinals losing and LSU losing and and hey the Saints won so I got that. But now I've got about eight or nine messages from people here and I'm gonna guess that most of them are Philly people. Because Houston people aren't big message leavers, uh, but I assume it's going to be mostly Philly people talking mad shit. And if you ever want to leave messages, I've posted how to do it. It's very simple. Use the iHeartRadio app, search for The Josh Ennis Show, and then hit that little microphone and leave a message. 
So I'm going to start them from the earliest. I got one at 7.35 this morning. Here we go. Hi, is this the Josh Inner Show? Am I on the air? Excellent. All right, well, that was nice. Off to a good start. Get your head out of that drainage ditch. It's the Josh Innes Show. Well, now I feel like I've made a mistake. Hi, I'd like to order the deep dish Josh Innes special, extra large, with double pepperoni. Thanks. Well, the first three of, I think we have seven messages left on here. This might be a mistake on my part. Go Phillies! Well, there's that. I don't want anybody else when I think about Josh Innes, I touch myself. Uh. Thank you. Hey Josh, it's Mikey, the general manager at the Texas Roadhouse on Baltimore Pike. I miss you, buddy. Over and out. Now, if that really was the manager of the Texas Roadhouse on Baltimore Pike, that was a wonderful, wonderful Texas Roadhouse. And the steak was always cooked well. They were very nice. It was a pain in the ass to get to it. But if that's the case, that is lovely. And if you really are Mikey from Baltimore Pike and all that, hey, I love you. Josh, it's Brad Hall. Man, uh, had a good week, good time in Baton Rouge. So just wanted to uh, let you know. Um, sorry for bugging you so much about the trip, but you know, I just wanted to experience everything the city had to offer and had a good time. So try not to bother you now. I know you're going through a rough one, but definitely go check out Knoxville for the Alabama game. You won't regret it. All right. Peace. Well, here's what I've contemplated with that is I've contemplated just going to Knoxville just now, did I already tell you guys this? There's a strong possibility that Jilly and I talked about this last night. I have no idea. But I would like to go to Knoxville because it's a cool little town and just kind of feel the vibe of the city because it's going to be, it's arguably the biggest football game that's been played this year so far. So I'm down for it. Uh, and I'd like to check it out. But uh, then I got to find a hotel and everything else. So you know how it is. But um, anyway, ah, uh, boy. Now, see, that was a good tequila because, again, it doesn't taste like tequila, but it does leave kind of an aftertaste. Kind of dries me out a little bit. So, anyway, so football this weekend. I fell asleep before the end of the uh, the uh, game last night, so I didn't even see how it ended. I had to see this morning what the score was, so I didn't see that. Also, I mean, I'm just kind of going to go through some of these. First of all, I think the Eagles are very good, and uh, I think the Eagles have – I mean, look, it's five games in, so who knows who's going to win the Super Bowl five games in, but they certainly look good. I think they were, to a degree, gifted that one yesterday by Moron, uh, uh, by uh, uh, what's-his-name, sliding well short of the first down. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, uh, uh, Kyler, what are you doing? But uh, the Eagles are very good. They're solid. Um, it is fun that the Mets lost. Like the Mets are fascinating because they're worthless, right? Like every year it's all hype for the Mets and then they collapse. So they're out. Um, it's like, and we thought the Phillies would do that too, but they, they were able to stay around, hang around. Now they get to take on Atlanta, uh, other stuff. Um, just going down through some of the stuff that's going on in the world today. Um, if you have you seen the video of the guy that looks like he's getting jerked off on the sideline for the uh, Giants, I'm sure that most of you have seen this video. Uh, it's on the station gram if you're interested. If you haven't seen it, just 105.9 The Rock on the gram. And feel free to follow 
uh, on the gram as well. It makes me look good. But um, the video is spectacular. So this dude that plays for the Giants is getting his leg rubbed. And it's weird because he's got like his pants kind of down and like you can see his ass just kind of out there for the world to see. And he's getting his leg rubbed by the trainer. But from behind, it looks like he's getting jerked off by the trainer. And it's spectacular, like just lovely. Uh, so if you haven't seen that, it's very good. Uh, but um, just in terms of football-wise, like you look back at a couple of the games from the weekend and you go, okay, which ones stand out? Brady getting bailed out stands out. That was should not have been a roughing the passer call. They should have given the ball back to Atlanta, and maybe Atlanta wins that game. Maybe they don't, but that's bullshit. And like you start to look at player safety, and this kind of goes to that point that I was making last week about player safety. And all these 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 uh, these former players and current players and media people love to rush to social media and tell you, oh my god, this game is so dangerous, and we got to make the game safer for people. And they're the same people that will bitch about that call that you saw yesterday. The reason why they call these on quarterbacks is because people constantly bitch about how the game is too violent it's too dangerous we have to protect these guys then that's what you get that is the world that has been created by two things by the nfl lying about concussions forever and because people on social media and former players all get together and say oh my god the game's gotten so soft like it's it's like this weird hypocrisy right on one hand you get the people who yell it's it's so soft right and i guarantee you yesterday Everybody on social media said that. I'm too drunk to remember what they said, but I'm telling you everybody on social media was probably just blown away by that, and the league is soft and put flags on them, all that other shit, right? But those are the same people that say the players need to be protected from themselves, right? Can't have it both ways. You're you're hypocrites. Oh, we must protect these players. You can't just pick and choose. So the reason why, like that, what you see when those things are called is a direct result of stuff that you see with, say, uh, Tua a couple weeks ago. What you end up getting from that is the league has to overreact to things, and because of that, A, they want to protect their quarterbacks, which makes sense, but B, you have to make sure that you have put uh, uh, just a bubble wrap on these guys because you get this blowback from people that the game is too dangerous and we're not protecting players from themselves. So I guarantee you the same football players, former and current, that were on social media during Tua's shit and said, we need to protect these guys, are the same ones that said, put flags on them yesterday. It's a shitty call. It's awful. And there's a lot of these things that are like this throughout football in general, not just pro football, but football in general. You know, you go to the college game. Dudes get tossed for a targeting. They miss the first half of the next game. Total bullshit. Like, these are things that at times you can't help. Helmets collide. It's a violent game. It's a physical game. Guys should not be kicked out of the game for a helmet-to-helmet because it obviously isn't stopping the helmet-on-helmet penalties. They still happen, and every week someone's getting tossed out of a game, and they're getting taken out of another game for something that was not malicious. Or if you want to get technical, it is because all tackles are malicious when it comes to intent because it's a violent game. But ultimately what it comes down to in all of this is that you get that play that you got from the Brady game yesterday and the Brady call – And that is a product of people who constantly whine about how dangerous the game is and in the same, uh, out of the other side of their mouth, bitch about how uh, the the, the game has gone soft. Hey, at least the Texans got a win yesterday. Look at them. Jaguars are who we thought they were. They're still the Jaguars. You got, uh, let's see, Minnesota. They were able to hold on against Chicago. Chicago's terrible anyway. Detroit. So I'm on the radio in Detroit. I do a morning show in Detroit as well as Memphis and Nashville. 
So when I started there, like all off season, it's been, hey, we don't think these are the same old Lions, and we like the coach, and I think these players want to play for this coach, and I'm excited. We're all excited. You know what? Over under six and a half wins. I think they're getting to eight wins. Everybody in town, they're all excited about it. And now reality sets in that they are the same old Lions. That they are just dog shit. The organization is dog shit, and it will never be great. And uh, I mean, twenty nine nil is gross. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Uh, at least the Saints won yesterday. They stink, but at least they got to win. I needed something. You know, I needed something yesterday to look at Ed and go, you know what? Good. At least this fucking happened. Because, I mean, what a disaster of a weekend. And I've gotten over it. Like, I'm over the Cardinal shit. Like, the bigger issue I have, there were two issues that I have with the Cardinals thing. One, it was to the Phillies. You know, I fucking hate the Philly people most. And, and, and also, I want to take a step back for a second because I'm bipolar when it comes to this. Like, I don't hate all of you. I got very, I get angry during this shit and I say a bunch of shit. I don't hate all of you. Most I do. Like the vast majority I do. But there's a bunch of people that I genuinely like. And I think that you like me and and that's fine. We have a fine relationship together and that's fine. But it was the fact that it was Philly. That was an issue. And it was the fact that I miss out on going to the ball game with my dad. And I'm not trying to go all cats in the cradle on you, but it's not like me and my dad have had the opportunity to go to a lot of ball games together in the past. My dad and I are not go to the ball games together, uh, father and son. Not really our thing. When I look back on my childhood, the first thing I think about is, hey, I went to more ball games with people who were not my dad than my dad. I can probably count on one hand the times I've been in a football stadium or any venue for anything with my dad other than going to the movies. I can think of one Major League Baseball game I went to with my dad in St. Louis when I was about 10. I can think of another baseball game I went to with my dad and one of my best friends. We drove to Houston back in 2007, I think, and saw a couple of games in Houston. And that's it. I don't remember ever going to another ballpark with my dad. Football-wise, he and I have been to two football games together ever. One of them was a preseason football game in the Dome when I was about 10 or 11. The Chiefs were playing the Saints. And all I remember about that game is there was nobody there, and my dad went down towards the sideline to try to get the attention of a random player to come over and shake my hand. It was some random punter, and he finally did. My dad just constantly, hey, bud? Hey, bud? Hey, bud? Until the guy said, fuck, okay. And he comes over and shakes my hand. And then the other time my dad and I went to a football game, the Saints played the Bengals, and I think uh, it was one of those rare games where Breeze threw like four interceptions and they lost to the Bengals. And that's the extent of my, I've never been to, you know, concerts even. Like the only concerts I've been to with my dad are the the ones that he puts on. Other than he did go see Cher with me when nobody else would, like the fourth time I saw Cher. He and I sat in the upper deck of uh, the River Center in Baton Rouge and watched Cher. And we might have seen Billy Joel together too. And we might have gone to see Journey and Night Ranger together. But we, like me and my dad are not the, hey, we do a lot together in terms of like memorable events. We went to the movies a lot when I was a kid. That was kind of our thing. I was like my dad's movie buddy. So we would go see movies, and it would be like, hey, we're watching, uh, you know, let's go see Angels in the Outfield. Or we'd also go see a lot of rated R movies. My favorite, and I'm sure I've told you this story before, but deal with it. My dad and I went to see um, uh, something about Mary. 
and it's a packed house. I mean, just full of people. And it's the scene where he jerks off, and then like she sees it dangling from his ear and goes, oh, is that hair gel? She grabs it, puts it in her hair. And in the next shot, her hair is sticking straight up, and it's fucking brilliant. All I remember is looking at my dad, and I would have been like 12 at the time. And I go, Dad, what's in her hair? And I just kept asking, and eventually he goes, God damn it, Josh. It's cum, Josh. <laughs> that's all I remember. Josh, 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 it's cum. Jesus. And that was it. Like, that's the kind of relationship I have with my dad. So you can imagine my surprise when my dad calls and he's like, hey, are the Cardinals going to be playing in um, in St. Louis on the 15th? And I look it up and I say, well, there's a chance they could be playing in St. Louis on the 15th. Why do you ask? Well, I'm going to be driving through there. And how about you drive over? I'll buy the tickets and we can go see a ball game. Me, you, Jilly. And he's got his buddy that rides with him, Tony. And uh, we can go. I go, really? You really want to go to a ball game? Like, the only experiences I've ever had at ball games with my dad are just him plotting when to leave early. That's the only thing I got. So, my surprise when dad calls and says, hey, I want to go to a ball game. I'm like, fuck yeah. Sounds good to me. And that that was really, and again, I'm not trying to go all cats in the cradle on you here. I'm not trying to get uh, emotional on you here. I'm not trying to play a sympathy thing here, right? I've had a good childhood, a good life. I don't hate my dad. We don't have bad you know, problems as far as I know. Although, who knows? We might have bigger problems than I know of, and that's why I'm fucked up. That's also very possible. But when I look back on that, I go, this was an opportunity to have a moment with my father. And that has been stripped away from me because the assholes, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, and all these other dickheads can't get a, a single goddamn big hit in that game. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Thanks, Harry Chapin. My child arrived just the other day. I do not view my life as a cats in the cradle scenario, just so you know. Bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away. Now, some of you may view that because a lot of you grew up going to ball games with your dad. I didn't grow up going to ball games with my dad. I grew up going to my dad's mistress's houses and sitting on the couch while my dad was pounding some chick. That's what I did. That was my childhood. My childhood was on the way home. Hey, let's not tell your mom we were at such and such's house, okay? Cool beans, dad. Sounds good. You know, I've never asked him if I ever did ever say anything. Wonder if I ever did, or am I a good soldier? Might be a good soldier, but anyway, that's what our relationship was. We'd go to the movies, and he would go hook up with some chick at some random house, and I'd be there with him. That was like the extent of our our bonding. But I never felt like my dad ignored me or anything. Like we had a good relationship, but we were not a go to ball games together, father and son. And a lot of the stuff we did was almost like begrudgingly, like, "Hey, dad, you want to go have a catch?" All right. Like, it was kind of like that. But again, I don't hate my dad. I love my dad very much. We have a very good relationship. But it would have been a special moment for he and I and my wife to go to a playoff ball game together and experience that in St. Louis, a place that he used to go to ball games all the time. It would have been a nice moment. And it was stripped away from me from those son of a bitch asshole Phillies and Nolan Arenado and Paul Gold shit and their inability to get any big hits ever. Fuck them ruining my time. I deserve better. You sons of bitches, you ruined it for me. If me and my dad ever do have a falling out, I'm going to look back on it. I'm going to blame Nolan Arenado and Paul fucking Gold shit. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man of the moon When you're coming home, son, I don't 
certainly deserved a better fate than that. But now the only thing I can take joy from is hoping that the Braves win. That is my new favorite team. The Braves and the Astros, of course. Who I like it's funny, people act like I've not rooted for the Braves or rather the Astros in the past, which I have. I grew up watching the Astros games. I lived in Baton Rouge. Those were the games that we got on TV. So that's what I watched. I watched the Braves, and I grew up watching like Bill Worrell call uh, the, the Astros games. I grew up watching uh, Bill Brown and Jim Deshays. That's what I grew up with because that's the games we got on TV. We didn't have all the baseball games. We had the Astros. That's what I watched. So I've always had a spot for the Astros there, and then like all these Philly jamokes who think that like I'm just rooting for teams to because I dislike their team, which the Braves I am rooting for because I hate them. But the Astros, that's just because like I, you know, like I think people have a hard time grasping what it's like being someone that has to move from town to town and still try to build a relationship with listeners in a city. And it's not like I'm on a rock station in all these places either where I can just say, hey, go team, and no one gives a shit. I'm on a sports station where every fucking day I have to talk about these teams and act like I have some level of interest in them. It's not an easy gig. You know, I'd like to just go in there and just say, fuck it. These are my teams. Hey, if your teams win, great. But if not, fuck you. Here's some thoughts. But instead, you have to go in and kind of give them the old razzle-dazzle, and you have to wear the shirts and the jerseys and say, hey, I'm glad to be here. Some buy it, some don't. You know, it is what it is. But I don't know what to tell you. I'm rooting for the Braves. I'm rooting for the Braves and the Astros. Although, I would acknowledge that it would, in a way, almost be funny if the Mariners beat the Astros. I feel like the Astros haven't played a meaningful baseball game in five months. Like, I forgot they even played baseball. I haven't watched any games, really, in the last two months because none of the games have mattered. And then, boom, Tuesday, game matters. But I don't want them to lose. I'm just saying it would be something, not even poetic even. It's not really a poetic thing, but, yeah, it's not poetic at all. I just hope they win. That is my hope for them. Yeah, so that's why I'm more upset today. I had an opportunity to have a bonding moment with my dad, and it was stripped away from me. And you guys all know what it's like to you know want to have a bonding moment with your dad. You all sports sports bring parents together and kids together, except not mine. <laughs> it does not bring my parents and my my relationship with my parents together. My mom she enjoys when LSU loses because she roots for Arkansas, so she really enjoys it. Like I'll get a text, "Hey, Arkansas is rallying." Speaking of. I'm, you know, we told you a while back that we were going to go to Arkansas to see LSU play the Hogs on like November 12th, and I was so furious during the LSU game after the guy drops the opening kickoff, I turned the fucking game off, and I just then Jilly got all pissed. She's like, "I want to watch the game." I said, "Then you watch the fucker. I'm going to sit in this other room and sulk because like that very moment, I'm like, they're not winning. They're it's hopeless." But she goes, "I guess you don't want to go to Arkansas anymore." I said. No, fuck it. I do want to go to Arkansas. Because at the moment, like Arkansas was also just getting their asses kicked. And I'm like, you know what? This is good. It's two shitty teams. We might win that shit. We're going to Arkansas. Go Hogs. So fuck it. We're going to go stay in that bed and breakfast, and we're going to go to that damn game. And it's going to be an enjoyable experience, damn it. God, I also, like, I get annoyed when, like, when fans make a big deal out of visiting fans being in a stadium, right? Like these Tennessee people, oh, we took over Tiger Stadium. Well, you took over Tiger Stadium for a couple reasons. One, people didn't want to fucking go to a stupid game at 11 o'clock in the morning. Like, that's just not what Baton Rouge is. And I do think LSU people are spoiled. They're spoiled in the sense that for basically the last two decades, it's been the best two decades of football LSU's ever had. So you get a little bit spoiled. 
And, you know, you don't go to as many games anymore and the passion's not there like it once was, you know, like you have to be really good to get people's attention. I think there's an element of that. I think Astros fans are spoiled. I think you can see that based on the way people comment on on posts and shit on the internet. Like people get spoiled, like six years of being great and like the Astros haven't played a meaningful baseball game in two months if not longer. Like, people get spoiled when your team is good. It just happens that way. And I think LSU fans have gotten very spoiled. So it's not shocking that Tennessee, who sucked for, what, a decade and a half, if not more, almost two decades they've sucked. They've been mediocre for some of it, mostly sucked. So it's not shocking that in a year that they think they actually have a competitive team that could win some big games, that they would invade Baton Rouge and go, it's not shocking. But people love to swing their dicks around like, we invaded! Good for you. Like, who gives a shit? People like as if they're the only fans that have ever gone to a road game. But though we've invaded New Orleans, cool. LSU plays in Baton Rouge. Who gives a fuck what you did in New Orleans? Anyway, all right then. On that note, uh, I'm gonna get out of here. So you got the the one from last night, the pod from last night. If you didn't hear it, uh, you can check that out. And appreciate you for checking this out. And I will see you later.